this pop culture saturated world, what's a nerd to do? Hang out with your good pals on Nerdy Show, that's what. Our flagship podcast is a weekly celebration of the multifaceted D20 that is the modern nerd. When we're not devising horrors that combine VR and spiders or taste testing weird food, we're discussing the latest geek happenings, digging into our deepest nerd niches, or interviewing a celebrity or two. Head to nerdyshow.com or find us on iTunes and experience a multiverse of awesomeness. And now, the Boston Bastard Brigade, Electric Sisterhood, and On Mystery Hank proudly present No Points, No Makes, No Worlds, J-Pop and Alternative Hot Spot. Bastards and wenches, welcome to episode 282 of No Borders, No Race. I am your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. And we are just one month away before Anime NYC arrives, and I, for one, am excited to be heading back. This will be my first anime convention in two years, and my first one in general since PAX East 2020. I look forward to chatting with many of the guests that will be making an appearance, as well as hopefully catch up with some of my industry pals from Crunchyroll, Sentai Filmworks, and Funimation, as well as my manga bodies over at Kondansha Comics and maybe even Viz Media. Now, normally, I go to these events flashing my website and my t-shirts and, you know, promoting my brand, as well as appear in my trademark sailor cap and number one headband. But I feel like with this being the first big anime convention to occur since the pandemic, I may instead go the more incognito route. I want to be able to enjoy myself without having to be, you know, always constantly showboating and such. You know, I want to see the sights of the convention without having the urge to promote my brand. You know, mind you, I could very well promote myself, no problem whatsoever. And I could, of course, change my mind on this whole situation as well. But this is one event where I feel like I want to both work and enjoy myself, especially with all of the safety precautions being made. So long as this event goes off without any big issues, which probably won't happen with all of the really good safety protocol being implemented, then I think Anime NYC 2021 will serve as a sign that we can return to big conventions like this. I hope that this will be the case for this event, as I do miss the con circuit. If Anime NYC 2021 can occur no problem, then that'll open the doors to Anime Boston 2022, and PAX East 2022, and Anime Expo 2022. So, do not let me down, anime fandom. Get vaxxed, be masked, and prepare to have some fun in New York City next month. But we'll wait to talk more about that when it gets much, much closer. Let's focus on the now. On today's episode of No Borders, No Race, Nicolas Cage loses part of his manhood, and Star Wars gets animated thanks to some of Japan's best studios. Plus, we revisit a past bastard soapbox as a certain Japanese rocker attempts to find forgiveness. But first, let's start today's playlist. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear and would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. 
We're starting off the show with a brand new single from Hyde, who is also in the midst of celebrating his band Lark on CL's 30th anniversary. And the title of this song sounds rather appropriate, as he's probably looking back at his band's history. This is Nostalgic.
everybody. This is Phil the Issues Guy from IssuesProgram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review or check out IssuesProgram.com to check out our stuff. Basically, what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them... Jump on over, join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing, you can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time.
From her latest album, Pontoon, that was Asuka with Guilty Judgment. She is already due to release her next single next month in the form of Believe Myself, the theme song to this season's anime series, Shikizakura. The other day, I stepped foot inside the Battle Theater for the first time in nearly two years. This place is a haven for experiencing movies in the most classic of ways. No stadium seating, no lounge chairs, and there's even a setup where there's a balcony to watch the film. It is the absolute best place to watch movies that are either classic or truly odd. Prisoners of the Ghostland is a film that absolutely falls in the latter category. My interest in the film comes from its director, Sion Sono. Many fans of Japanese cult films will know him for his works on films like Suicide Club, Tag, and Why Don't You Play in Hell. My personal favorite of his is the Roman porno, anti-porno, which dives deep into the feministic approach to sexploitation. Uh, you can read my review of it on the B3 site, where I dive deeper into its nuances and meanings. But Prisoners of the Ghostland is a film that doesn't have deep nuances and unique metaphors. In fact, it's quite batshit crazy. And to make a batshit crazy movie, you need an actor that does batshit crazy well. And that man is Nicolas Cage. The film takes place in a part of Japan devastated by a nuclear accident. Nicolas Cage, who goes solely by the name Hero, botches up a robbery and is held prisoner in a strange samurai Japan meets Wild West town. Its governor, played by Rob Zombie faith Bill Mosley, tells Hero that he has three days to find his so-called granddaughter Bernice. If he doesn't, the explosives bonded to his suit will blow up, destroying his arm, head, and, yes, his testicles. Much of the film is focused on Hero being in a realm that's just, well, fucking weird. From the samurai town to the ghost land itself, the scenery is crawling with strange folks who speak with strange context while being surrounded by strange shit. One thing I will give credit to Prisoners of the Ghostland is that it does a great job making you feel uncomfortable with the place's hero roams. It doesn't hit the same deep feeling like the Sadfi Brothers' uncut gems, but there are parts where you feel like you're in the realm with Hero, rather than just watching him in the realm. Nicolas Cage doesn't say a lot in this film, leaving his crazy to his actions more than to his words, but he lets the nuts out of the bag when it comes time to give a speech to those who feel trapped by the ghost land. Does it make a lick of sense? Hell no! But Cage sells his speech like an old-time snake oil proprietor, making you somehow believe in his cause to set them and Bernice free from their turmoil. But it's when the action hits when Prisoners of the Ghostland finds its stride. The mixture of samurai and cowboy fights make the whole setting of Sion's strange tale pretty enjoyable. It leads to not just some cool death scenes, but also a surprising amount of humor, especially when Hiro goes up against Yasujiro. It's a solid climax for a film that, for the most part, doesn't make a lick of sense. Prisoners of the Ghostland isn't a bad film, but it's not a great one either. Nevertheless, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't entertained by it. It's a film that might be best suited to watch on a streaming platform, but I'm personally glad to have been able to watch it on the big screen. While it's not one of Sonosion's most memorable works, 
Prisoners of the Ghostland continues his trend of making some of the most way out there movies that Japan can deliver. Okay, who's ready for a song about a space cat? Well, I sure hope you all are, because England duo Spray have unleashed an intergalactic feline for their next album, Ambiguous Poems About Death, which hits stores on November 26th. This is Felicette. Thank <laughs> you. 
passion, freedom, knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at abstractjapan.com. Oh,
Sui from this year's Joyful Style release. Despite their longtime drummer Yui Tanabe leaving the band in 2018, Radio have still gone strong these last couple of years, with them even coming to the U.S. to perform at Acon 2018 in Texas and Otakon in 2019 in Baltimore. Or is that D.C.? I can't remember which year it was they moved. I, I You know what? Probably D.C. Probably D.C. Anyways, Star Wars and anime. These are two things that should have come together in some form in the last 40 years. After all, Star Wars owes a lot to Japanese samurai and shogun films in both its battles and even character design and development. But until this year, the anime realm has never crossed paths with the Jedi. Disney's anthology series Star Wars Visions finally makes this happen, with studios like Trigger, Science Saru, Kinama Citrus and Production IG adding their own unique twists to George Lucas's beloved universe. Told through nine standalone shorts, Star Wars Visions places a focus on the mythos, the lore, and the symbolism behind the franchise's stories. Kamikaze Doga's The Duel brings the classic samurai tales to the Star Wars realm with a setting fit for a Kurosawa movie and a battle worthy of any Star Wars narrative. Triggers the Twins blends kill-a-kill and Promare's attitudes and places it on two Sith siblings on the verge of clashing with one another. Science Saru goes one step forward with its homages and T.O.B. one, with it meshing the science of Star Wars with the spirit of Osamu Tezuka's Astro Boy. But there are two shorts that stood out the most for different reasons. Kinema Citrus's The Village Bride adds its own twist to the creationist theory with how the planet and its inhabitants coexist with one another. And in a beautiful wedding scene and, of course, Kevin Pankin's breathtaking score, and you've got yourself a story that will hit you right in the heart. Production IG's The Ninth Jedi feels like a beautiful setup for what could be a full-fledged Star Wars anime. It sets up a new narrative taking place long, long after the time of Episode 9 and gives way to a bunch of great characters and fights that only someone like Kenji Kamiyama could bring to the anime realm. It's also nice seeing the Star Wars realm add more creatures to its vicinity. You can't have an anime without some form of bunny girl, but we get just that with Lop and Ocho. Not only is the story a prime example of Star Wars betrayal at its finest, but Geno Studio manages to place a lot of 90s-era OVA detail in its surroundings and tech. While not the strongest of the bunch, Lop and Ocho also has room to grow to be more than just a single short, even if it gives a pretty good ending to this story. Of course, not everything about Star Wars Visions is a winner. While Trigger's other short, The Elder, has some impressive action, it doesn't bring forth a story that shines as brightly as the twins did. Akakiri, Science Star's second short in the bunch and the anthology's closer, doesn't end things on a high note, but it does deliver a decent amount of heart and humor that makes it nonetheless entertaining. And then, there's the worst of the shorts. Studio Colorado's Tattooing Rhapsody. It's Star Wars holiday special kinds of bad. I know that rock and roll must exist somewhere in the Star Wars universe, but this wasn't the right way to demonstrate such a scenario. Not only is the story about Jabba the Hutt's relative Guy joining a rock band dull, its music, especially the main song, is a terrible ripoff 
of L Garden's music, especially their hit song Red Hot. This short sucked, and it deserves to be swallowed up by a rancor and never seen by human eyes again. But other than that clusterfuck, most of what Star Wars Visions offers is pretty great. Six of the seven studios did a great job adding their own unique twists to the franchise's deep lore. I hope this isn't the only time Star Wars and anime meet, especially with the potential of the Ninth Jedi and Lop and Ocho. Maybe in a year or so, Disney will revisit Visions with more studios adding their own twists. Personally, I'd love to see the likes of Studio Orange or Lurche try their hands on Star Wars. Hell, give Dogukoba a chance to make a Star Wars rom-com short. They would nail that right out of the park. But hopefully the streaming numbers for Star Wars Visions will be good enough to let others in Japan take a crack at one of the most iconic sci-fi universes out there. Just please, nothing like tattooing Rhapsody again. Nothing like that piece of garbage. Just no, no. Don't ever do that again, okay? If you want to do rock and roll in Star Wars, do it right. I think there's like a cover band or something that like does like rock and roll Star Wars with the band dressed up as Darth Vader and Stormtroopers. I cannot remember the name of them off the top of my head. They did a show at Baby Metal and Sabaton once in Japan. Help me out here. I'm I'm probably going to look it up after I'm done with this segment. So uh, let me finish this up quickly and dive right into the next song. Because Glay are back with their 16th album, Freedom Only. While no live shows are currently going, it'd be hard to miss their voices and faces both on radio and TV in Japan. From Freedom Only, here's Glay with Super Song. Come 
An up-and-coming act from Austria, that was the Kronskis with Friend or Foe. The song is a take on a relationship ending with bountiful metaphors revolving around the game chess. And as a player of chess, I can tell you that being good at it doesn't make you good in the romance department. No siri, Bob. Um, uh, by the way, the band I was thinking of in the last segment was Galactic Empire. They're the ones who do rock covers of Star Wars songs. So... There's that little tidbit there. But now, folks, it's time to sharpen your cutlery because we're serving some Boston flavor. It's the Beantown Sampler. In a neat little town we call Brockton is a riled-up rap collective known as Van Buren Records. Consisting of 13 MCs, Van Buren Records finds a way to easily find common ground with their lyrics that are both grounded in modern hip-hop and extend towards art-hop. And despite their synergy, these 13 rappers make a game out of who can spit the best rhymes in a way that's both fun and clever. And their melodies don't just stay in one genre of hip-hop, it throws everything from stripped-down beats to full-blown electronica soundscapes into the blender and pushes it to its highest setting. This year, Van Buren Records unleashed their latest album, Bad for Press, and are now gearing up for an October 30th gig in Washington, D.C. at Songbird. Here now are Van Buren Records with their song, Brain Dead. Judge me so I accomplish my goals. I'll be 
on some pimp shit cause I ain't built like no old Me deep in some bullshit niggas posted that the function E Flash the 40 now these niggas wanna talk about it Chop it up I'm giving game like Dickie V Had it dickies with the crease Brothers pistol matches sneaks Baby kids we was chilling in the peace We was mildin' we was with the ruckus rocker nigga at the worker Rockefeller We was styling on you haters and we burning like the majors Major pain Phoebe leave a legacy Something like the Wayne's we ain't paying shit but pay dues Two in the bush and that's right Cause I in the kitchen cooking up a coop We was politicking, we was catching wreck up on the stoop Find out my own town, everybody know my song She my biggest fan now, yeah, she blowing up my phone I'm like Chip Skylark, they be knocking when I'm not home They be making my line now, but I only fuck with my clones I was in that hallway, but I wasn't throwing no stones I be on some militant shit like I'm G.I. Joe They was always trying to judge me, so I accomplished my goals some pimp shit cause I ain't built like no hoe Worry on my wish list for the times I couldn't cope Almost had me a dead wish but I made it out that wall Made it out that dark place, yeah I made it out that wall Made it out that dark place, yeah I made it out that wall From Star Trek to Back to the Future We've got your pop culture reactions and news Over at LeaguePodcast.com The League of Ordinary Gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic. Check us out wherever you get your podcast on social at Leak Podcast. Oh my God, Carrie. What? Did you hear what I'm doing this fall? No. I'm taking Sex Unique Podcast on tour. Wait a minute. I'm doing that too. I know. We're going on tour. We're going on fucking tour. She on the beat. She on the beat. She on the beat. She on the beat. You could hear us podcast and see us podcast live this fall. What? Los Angeles. Holy shit, then Salt Lake City. Chicago. Philadelphia. Boston. New York. Everyone that knows me knows that I love, I love murder. It's like, no, you're just unoriginal. So does literally the entire population of the United States. That's why they all shoot each other. <laughs> Head to LarsMarie.com to purchase tickets. That's L-A-R-Z-M-A-R-I-E.com to get yours now. Are you feeling sexy and unique?
song from Mono, that was To See a World from their new record, Pilgrimage of the Soul, once again produced by Steve Albini. Its title is symbolic to the band's three decades in existence, as well as serving as a metaphor for the time and place their long journey has taken them. Once again, it's time to get some things off of my chest. It's a bastard soapbox. Now, this is something of a revisiting of a previous Bastard Soapbox. As you may recall, I had some very choice words for Japanese rocker Cornelius, who resigned from the Olympic Committee after old interviews of him showed him laughing about bullying others, including disabled youth. I thought the actions that he did as a young person were downright awful, in a way that no kids being kids excuse could ever be justified. So, I banned him from all future podcast shows. Case closed, right? Well, a couple of weeks ago, Cornelius came out of hiding to quote-unquote set the record straight. He said that he was never the one to do the bullying and that it was others in his school that were the cause of these terrible deeds. He claims that the interviews he conducted with the two magazines were rewritten without his knowledge to make it sound like that he was the culprit in the bullying and says that he would never have done such a thing like that to his fellow students, especially disabled ones. So with that, you know... I should be lifting the band and saying, oh, all's well that ends well, correct? You know, that's how it goes. Just some bad misunderstandings and the like. Well, choke fucking mate, could I say? Thus far, all we have been given is a written apology. Is it a sincere one? Maybe, but it could be a hollow one that's as helpful as one of those Activision or Ubisoft JPEG Twitter apologies. In my opinion, Cornelius needs to prove himself more than just with a mere apology written. After all, why didn't he come out against these articles when they were first published? I think that if I was a successful musician and I saw these pieces being written up in such a way that would make me sound like an awful person, I would do everything in my power to both correct these articles and rectify the situation by giving back in some fashion. And it's that latter part that I think is the most important aspect of seeking forgiveness and re-earning the trust of your fans and peers. So, Cornelius, don't just use your words to show how sorry you are. You need to show some action in order to prove that you aren't the kind of person these magazines claim you are. And when I say action, I don't simply mean opening up a checkbook and writing out some sort of amount to an anti-bullying or disabled organization. Actually use your physical strength and mind to show that you actually care about these people's well-beings. Talk to them and see how you can personally help them. Give them something that only you can offer and demonstrate to everyone that you are not a twisted individual. Until then, my Cornelius band will stay in place. I'm not the kind of guy who merely takes apologists by their word. I want to see them actually work 
to prove that they're not just saving face and hope that everyone forgets why they were in trouble in the first place. I might have been a little more forgiving in the past, but I've grown enough wiser to learn that sometimes forgiveness shouldn't be earned in the easiest way possible. Forgiveness is something you have to get after you tackle a Ninja Warrior-style obstacle course, but in the mind in spirit. Well, if you want to do one of those courses for real, Cornelius, then I wouldn't stop you. I think watching you fall face-first into the water below would make for some sweet entertainment. Nevertheless, if you want to earn my forgiveness, as well as the forgiveness of others, mere words or excuses won't do. You gotta work it in order to prove yourself worthy of being back on my good side and the good side of many others. If I don't see you pulling your weight like you should be, then that door there that leads you back into my playlists will stay forever locked. And that is my bastard soapbox for today. Remember, these are the thoughts solely of me and not of anyone else within B3, Black Compat, or the Ash family. With that segment done, let's head back to some more music. Metal band Illusions of Grandeur continue their Siren Saga. First started back in 2019 with their album The Sounds of the Siren. The second part, simply called The Siren, arrives on October 30th, and this is a little taste of what one can expect from it. Howling loud at the moon, it's the wolf.
I'm Manda, and together we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Want to be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackandpat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern.
From this year's new album, Mass, that was the Gazette with Nigo. According to an interview with the band, the commonly used phrase in the album, Come Back to the Light, is their feeling regarding the slow progression of bringing live shows back after the time of the pandemic. As live shows is what fuels the Gazette, one can easily guess how draining it must have been to go without performing for so long. そのスヨンカントコはハイユーのニコレスケジノマワリニキミョナセテオシテイマスストーリーはあまり意味がないしストーリーの世界はオッコの視聴者ショッカーフリオの気持ちにさせます Prisoners of Gosnanwa Walui Ega Demo Yoi Ega Demo Arimasen. Shikashi Hijoni Omosuroides. Star Wars Visions was Suini Koten Tekina SF no Sekai o Anime no Rio Ikini Motorashimashta. Tanpen Ega no Okua Suburashiku. Production IG no Kuni Me no Jedaito. キネマシトレスのムラの花嫁がハイライトされていますしかしスタジオコロリドのタトゥインラプセディはひどいしかしその失敗にもかかわらず将来スターウォーズ・ダヴィジンズでもっと多くの試みがされるよう期待していますしか
心の痛みは癒せはしない小指に食い込む指輪を見つめあなたは昔を思って泣いた時の Boysenberry. There's no food like theme park food. Eat the Magic is a YouTube series about theme park food in Southern California and maybe Florida. Eat the Magic is hosted by a childless millennial of real repute, Jared the Greek. Karen's want him, Chad wants to be him. No bothers given. Tune into our show, Eat the Magic, on YouTube. See our thirst for Dole Whip on Instagram at Eat the Magic. We'll see you real soon at the parks. Why? Because we like you.
Cromwell with Memory Box, his first new single in almost three years. The song serves as a sneak peek and the title track for his next album, which is due to be released sometime in 2022. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Bash Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards@bostonbashbrigade.com. Like us on Facebook.com slash Boston Bash Brigade and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me, your King Baby Duck, on Twitter, the J-Pop, Video Games, Anime, Amino Pages, Instagram, and Twitch at KingBabyDuckESH. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Black Compat, which you can find at BlackCompat.com, Twitch.tv slash BlackCompat, and YouTube.com slash BlackCompat. Promotional consideration provided for this week's checks from Spray and Rodney Cromwell, made possible by Shameless Promotion PR, and a very special thank you to Cravism and Maya Diego for their contributions to Shameless Tuesdays. Thank you to High Violet PR and Plugging for the Kronskis and Kill Sound Productions for sending us Illusions of Cranger. And a big shout out to Clay Inferno for sending us Van Buren Records for our Beantown Sampler segment. I'm actually just about to guest on one of his shows, the one about what we do in the shadows, which if you're not watching, oh, you're missing out on the best comedy of the year. We are ending the show with some new Okamotos, who just released their latest album, Nowhere. This fun little ditty is almost as worthy as a painting by the artist it's named after. This is Picasso. And until next time, this is your King Baby Duck, reminding you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard, but it sure helps.
とくなんてできないピカソピカソピカソ必要とされていたい This is your King Baby Duck Evan Borgo from the Electric Sisterhood and your host for the No Borders No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com. CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bash Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can. you 